All right. Um, hey, folks, welcome back to the Fazlips podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, yeah, so today's podcast, the title is going to be, It's Not Your Routine's Fault, It's Yours. <laughs> so um, I'm going to just take you straight into this story, okay? So the story begins here. The story begins five years ago. And I'm sat in the car park of the gym I used to go to with um, a friend of mine. She's uh, in her 50s and she's crying. <laughs> so this is the start of this of this topic, start of this story. So she's sat, she's crying and she's had another failed relationship. Okay, so this is where it started. So I'm trying to console her, you know, as best I can. What can you really say in these situations? You can't say much. She's really upset, blah, blah, blah. I gave him my all, you know, all this usual stuff. Um, she doesn't really understand what happened. And so I'm sort of sat back thinking, I've known this lady now for about two years. And in that space of time, she's had about two failed relationships and she's coming off, and she was coming off the third when I first met her. And every time it's a fairly similar story. You know, she she gets really obsessed with these guys and then the relationship kind of collapses. She has an unreasonable expectation of of building a relationship, um, or the guy she chooses just isn't just isn't matched to her, right? So um anyway, the relationship ends up being a problem. Now, if any of you guys or girls have ever been on the end of consoling a friend after a relationship has gone sour, you're going to be given one side of the story, right? You're going to be given their side of the story. And you all know, you, we all support our mates, but deep down we know they're not angels, right? We know they're not infallible. So we do what we can. We say, oh, you know, you don't deserve it. You know, he doesn't deserve you. Life will be better without him or her. You're way better than this. You'll meet somebody else. It'll all work out. You know, we say all these things, right? And so I did, you know, I told all the usual lies. <laughs> so, all the while, kind of thinking in the back of my head, we're starting to see a pattern here. And um, I started to broach with her this idea that, you know, after she'd stopped crying, after she'd, you know, got herself together, I started to broach this idea that there are certain things she's doing in the relationship which are leading to it ending. Of course, she didn't want to hear anything about it. And I think I was spot on and um it was just the way she approaches the intensity of the relationship so within a few months um she wants the guy to move in you know basically she comes on very strong which is not surprising she's she's at an age where she wants somebody to settle down with so i can kind of get that um but it scares a lot of these guys off because they're still in the feeling out stage they're also about the same age. They've also had a string of failed relationships and they've had their own issues. Now, by the way, I should say at this point, I'm not suggesting anyone who's that age and is single is, is in any way damaged. That's not true. If, for example, if you've come out of a long relationship and you've had, come through a divorce, then that's a different matter altogether. What I'm saying is a, a string of a yearly cycle of failed relationships that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's kind of what's going on here. So I started to suggest to her that perhaps there was something, some things that she was doing 
which were causing similar issues to pop up and similar endings to these relationships. She wouldn't hear any of it, of course. And so what can you do? And to my knowledge, I don't really speak to her that much anymore, but to my knowledge, she's still going through the same cycles. So I started to suggest, you know, maybe it's, it's a case of lowering, lowering your, I don't want to say expectations because it's not about expectations. It's more about lowering, not expectations of the other person in terms of their status and whatever, their looks, like that's fine, whatever. Go with who you, you're attracted to, but more like lowering your expectations of what you want them to do so early on. Of, of their lowering your expectations of their commitment to you so early on. But in any case, the bottom line is just to change your approach that you approach uh, by which way you conduct yourself in this relationship. Change something about you, change the way you're approaching these things. So the relationship itself might not be a problem, it might just be the fact that she's consistently doing something as evidenced by, you know, 30 years plus of failed relationships. I know that sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds harsh, but it's just that you see these repeated cycles. Now, how does all this relate to training, <laughs> right? So I've just done a five minute interlude talking about this poor woman who has a relationship problems. How does it relate to training? Well, it relates to training because of this very simple reason. A lot of the reasons that people fail to gain muscle or lose fat is nothing to do with the actual routine they're on. It's to do with their approach. It's to do with their expectations of what they're doing. Okay, so let's explore them both one by one. Firstly, the approach. Now, I had this conversation come up just today, actually, in the live Q&A. And there's a lad that I work with, and um, he's firmly past the beginner stage now. He's, you know, intermediate. He's in that zone. Now, in the time that we've worked together, we've dropped a lot of body fat, which has been great. We've cleaned up his exercise form, which has been good. And now we're at the point where he's like, okay, my form's good. I've got good control of my eating habits. What do I do now? And now it's the inevitable period of we've got to make slow progress towards the next inevitable change that's what strength is. Strength is a series of plateaus. It's a series of problems. The way that I describe strength and muscle is you build up a couple of steps and something breaks. You build, and you have to fix it, come up with a solution. You build up things again and then something else breaks. You come up with a solution and you just do that over and over and over again until you're jacked and strong. So it's not like once you've found a system that's it, it's clean sailing. It's definitely not, but certainly you can make some progress and tr by troubleshooting some things. To troubleshoot out of the beginner stage, it's mostly a case of food, optimal training program, a reasonable training program. To get out of the intermediate stage though, it's a lot of patience, a lot of patience. There's a lot of work that goes into the next two and a half kilos on the bar, the next five pounds, it's a lot of work. You may well train for a month to nab that next five pounds. It's just the way it is, okay? And I don't think that is appreciated as much. So that is, okay, how do we approach our training? We have to approach it with, we have to get the basics right, you know. But whether you do 10 sets per body part or 12, it's fairly irrelevant. As long as you're doing a reasonable amount, you're in a surplus, 
you're going to be gaining. Now, where people typically go wrong is they have the wrong, they're, they're not able to switch their expectations from when they were a beginner to now, when they're intermediates. And that causes them to make rash decisions, like changing the routine. People expect to be able to progress every week. But unless you're gaining large amounts of body weight, in which case you're just kind of forcing the gains due to increased weight um, and like leverages and stuff like that, and just forcing the, the sheer mass to move mass, it's probably not going to happen. Like you're probably not going to do that. And just gaining one or two reps per week is probably a good place to start. So you see how training becomes so difficult because there's so many moving parts. And there's so many coaches out there who are ready to optimize and like, yes, my approach is the best way. I know why your approach isn't working because you did something wrong. But that is the relationship equivalent of saying, okay, you know what? I know why your relationship fell through because your man is afraid of commitment, right? When the reality is, it's nothing to do with that at all. It's to do with you came on at 100% intensity after three months. It's just unreasonable. You had unreasonable expectations. And I think those coaches who's to sort of sneakily say, yeah, I can fix your training program, and rather than just say, look, give, you, give yourself some patience, are very similar to the friends who will turn around and go, yeah, you know what? It's completely his fault or completely her fault. I understand where you're coming from. You're in the right. You never did any wrong. He doesn't deserve you. You know, the usual crap. When in reality, I think when a grown-up ends a relationship, they evaluate themselves. They look at what they did wrong. They look at how it enabled the other person to perhaps, perhaps do things wrong. And they look, you know, they try and learn from it, which is what we should do as adults, which is difficult to do in relationships, but, and also <laughs> apparently difficult to do in training. Um, Cause there's always the next big thing. There's always like, okay. The, and the next big thing in relationships is that girl you like, or that guy you like, whatever. And the next thing in training is that new change, that new set and rep scheme, that new this, that new that. When the reality is, for most of you guys and girls listening, it's not your training that's broken. It's the other factors. It's your diet. It's your rest. It's your effort. And bottom line, it's your patience. And that really is the big part of the big message. So um, I've kind of explored how this happens with um, training in terms of patience. The other thing is diet. Now, if we look at fat loss diets, Here's another thing where people get really screwy. And if people aren't losing weight at an appropriate rate, they go crazy. One of the sort of the, the big misconceptions with, with diet is how fast you can lose weight and how fast you should lose weight and how fast you can see a change. Like I've had guys come to me who weigh, say, well, whatever the weight, but they come to me at, say, 40% body fat. Literally 40%. Like that's a high degree of body fat. 35, 40%. Now, for a guy who's in that position, to have gotten into that position, he's clearly had some pretty bad dietary habits leading up to that. So if you put him on a dietary plan, it's difficult. You know, any, any semblance of a plan is going to be difficult, whether it's macros, calories, meal plans, intuitive eating, whatever it is, it's going to be hard because it's going to be such a difference from what he was doing previously, even a basic change. So he'll come back after a week and go, you know what, this is tough. And you're like, holy shit, dude, all I've asked you to do is eat more vegetables. <laughs> um, so he kind of doesn't feel like the effort he perceives is worth 
the results because in his mind his expectation is the results should come faster because the level of pain he's feels he's receiving in exchange for this you know effort um is unreasonable but it's only unreasonable because where he's coming from is such a messed up way of eating i guess it, it would be kind of like the relationship equivalent <laughs> of if you asked a guy who's just really he just can't help himself from cheating on women let's say you get a guy who's just a serial um you know like cheater okay whatever misogynist no not misogynist i forget the word now but just a guy who's always cheating on his on his woman and you say to him look next relationship you got to stay single right you got to just be with this one woman <laughs> and after a while he's probably going to come back to you and go this is really hard you know literally giggity um it's, it's the dietary equivalent of that. It's just creating a massive change. And all you're thinking is, dude, can you just be normal for a minute? You know, just don't cheat on your missus. But for him, it's just so foreign a concept. He, he finds it difficult to do. It's it's that type of equivalent. So that's another example as a diet example where people mess themselves up because, because actually being on a regular normal diet is so foreign, it becomes a real point of contention. Now, I've had this the other way as well, is people working hard at the gym. Or, yeah, well, we'll go with working hard at the gym. I've tried to get some clients to pick up the intensity in the gym because they're just used to really easy workouts. So, you know, full range of motion, good degree of effort, all that kind of stuff. And you try to work with them and to give them objective markers of progress. As in, when it comes to training intensity, I look for rep drop-offs and I look for... Um, um, sort of um, the duration of the rep should increase. So the strength drop, the rep drop off, and also um, the rep should slow down. And so you ask these people sometimes to record their sets and they go, yeah, this is a really hard set. Look at my face. And I'm looking at the face and they're making a lot of faces, you know, grimacing. But the rep speed is unchanged. So it's like these people don't understand intensity of effort. We know from the research and also from my experience of coaching, when you're doing a hard rep, it should pretty much drop down to about 50% of the speed of a regular rep. And you see these people all the time. They're online. They make zero progress. They look like crap. Some of them are PTs. And they put up sets where every rep looks exactly the same, except they're grimacing and wincing in pain and just pretending that it hurts. It's almost pathetic. Um, and I, I kind of don't want to say it's pathetic because, you know, clearly they don't know any better. But it's, it is pathetic in a sense because they just don't understand what it takes to build a physique. And I think that's quite sad, especially because some of these guys and girls, both genders really, are PTs themselves and they actually charge people. But um, I mean, that's a separate rant. This is more about the individual. But it's just another example of when your approach might be wrong. The routine probably isn't the problem. And I'll give you one sort of final example is uh, adherence to diet. Adherence to diet is another big one. And I think with some people who are, it is mostly people who used to be in decent shape, like mostly people who were in shape in their 20s. They hit 30 and they get the middle-age spread and they go back to using the same level of adherence that they could do in their 20s and it doesn't work. <laughs> Which is hilarious, really, because... I had, a, I had a client like this recently and um, I got her to do a diet and basically she didn't stick to the diet in the entire month 
that we we worked together. So she worked together with me for a whole month. She didn't follow the plan one day, just not even one day. And I was very supportive, you know, um, tried to emphasize the importance of protein, emphasize the importance of sticking to the plan, et cetera, et cetera. Just couldn't do it. Not even one day, literally one day out of the entire month. It was all over the place. She tried to sort of pretend that um, she was following meals one and three, but that wasn't, you could quite easily tell that wasn't true either because her protein intake was really down. She was overeating on carbs and fats, undereating on protein, the usual stuff, basically didn't want to change. And it's a shame because again, you, you sort of realize some of these people, they haven't really got a clue on why what worked previously worked. And that's quite sad. So they've gone through life before and they've probably been lean at one stage or another or relatively happier with their body weight, maybe 10, 20 kilos lighter. And the funny thing is, they this, and the sad thing is, they were probably oblivious of why they were lighter in body weight previously because the level of effort right now is just so piss poor. And that's the thing, it shows they were oblivious of why things worked previously. And that's the worst thing. It's really the worst thing. It's like, it's almost like coming into money. Let's say you just randomly like win the lottery. And you hear these stories all the time of people who win the lottery and then they end up just blowing all the money because they've got no idea of what to do with it once they've got it. And then after a while, they just end up blowing all the money. They, don't, they, they know nothing about investments. They know nothing about X, Y, and Z, which end up blowing it. But if you know how to earn, you're always going to be able to make money. And it's the same with these people. Um, it's, it's almost worse that people start off lives start off their lives at a reasonable body weight and not having like fat issues and not really paying attention to diet because later in life, when things do go bad, they, they panic and they don't know what to do. And because the level of effort they're, they're used to putting in, that they could put in previously, is just not up to scratch. And for, the, for guys like me, I've been putting in that effort since I was 16, you know, changing my body recomposition and my I'm counting calories accurately, 100% adhering to diet. And my 100% is 100%. In a way, it kind of made it easier for me when I was competing because while I, it was harder for me to get in shape physically, mentally, I was locked in. And I think with a lot of these, these guys and girls, they just, they, they aren't locked in. So again, it's another example of you've got a routine. It's not the fault of the routine. It's the fault of you. <laughs> so I guess that's kind of where I want to draw the line on this conversation. I think the large majority of the time, the value of a coach is not in the magic of the sets and reps, the diet, the numbers. It's in getting you to stay accountable, to adhere, to nail it down week by week. Most plans work. And really the big thing you want to do with your clients is you just don't want to get in the way of them. You know, you don't want to be that client who enables weak behavior. You don't want to be that client who gives a client, a, you don't want to be that coach who gives a client an odd, weird prescription for diet. Like, just do no carbs. You just don't want to get in the way of them. Make them work hard. Encourage them. Don't blow smoke up their arse by telling them they're working hard and they're not. Give them a degree of flexibility, but give them the accountability that they're paying you for. And I think that's the main thing. Help them to stick to the plan, really. All right, folks. I'm going to call it there. But yeah, that was the video. That was the podcast. It's probably not your routine. It's probably you. All right, take care.